Brother, good evening, our brothers, brothers and sisters. God bless you all. We're so happy, joyful to be gathered, blessing and praising our God, worshiping Him, because that is what He deserves, the living God. Great is the Most High. You may take your sheets. I would like to share a testimony with you of a brother who was telling us that he started to develop symptoms of a serious disease. They ran tests and he had cancer. When they detected it, it was so advanced, the doctor said, you have three months to live. But he already had a promise from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit and prophecy had told him in the church that he was going to heal him, that he was going to bless him, that he would have to undergo medical treatment and that he would receive blessings, healing, and deliverance. This brother fully trusted in the prophecy and the, what the Holy Spirit had promised him. And he said to the doctor, I'll undergo the treatment. In fact, he said, I, I trust Trust God told me in the church I was going to be victorious. And he was so determined, this, this brother was so confident that the treatment started. He underwent three chemotherapies and uh, sessions. And the doctor called him out of the blue and said, I am absolutely astonished. We have seen your latest test results and the cancer has completely disappeared. God was really the one who talked to you. And that's a beautiful way. And that this brother evangelized the, the brother and the doctor and all his family saw the confidence he had in the power of the Most High. And in the miracle, the wonderful miracle that he was certain, certain God was going to grant him. Blessed and praised is the name of our Lord. Glory to God. Also, there was a brother who works. Uh, he handles a lot of information from a company and he had to present a report. But he didn't trust his employees and he said... I think there's a mistake here. I'm not too certain that this job was well done. And he prayed to the Lord and he said, Lord, I ask you to please guide me. If there's an error or mistake in the information that was collected here in the company, allow me to identify where the mistake is. And it was something amazing because he had a dream wherein the Lord showed him exactly where the mistake was. And he said, look in this book and page such and such. He went, opened it, reviewed it, and, if, and sure enough, he started to look into it and found that there were mistakes in the information that had been collected and he had enough time for, that, for everything to be corrected as it should so that God gave him these blessings at his job. And especially what's most important is to know that God answers our prayers. That's why the sermon that our sister Mary Luisa gave recently regarding asking the Lord as she taught us, as our sister taught us, that we must understand that God is our rock and that we should say to him that we trust him, that he is our rock, that we trust in him, that we wait in him. It is a beautiful way to pray to the Lord and also to see the way God answers us, which is the most wonderful thing there can be in life. It's the most satisfactory, what can cause us more, the most happiness to know we ask the Most High, that we plead to him and he answers us. Blessed and praised is his holy name forever and ever. Praises to the King of glory. Let us rise. We are going to read in our our Bibles, let us read in the Gospel according to John, chapter number 10. John, chapter 10, we are going to read the, the teaching in the Gospels, particularly in John, chapter 10, verse number 10. Let us read. 
for the honor, for the glory and exaltation of our Lord, of the living God, the God who speaks, the God who guides us, the God who spirit and manifests himself in the midst of man through the gifts of prophecy, visions, dreams, and with his wonderful doctrine that he himself teaches us in our daily life through his promises, when he speaks to us, when he makes his promises, and everything that we get to see as a result in our daily life, as I said, which is what builds and found, gives foundation to our spiritual life. John chapter 10, verse 10 states, The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Amen. You may take your seats, brothers and sisters. We are going to preach tonight about theft. The way the Bible teaches us what theft is. And to begin, we must understand that there are two kinds of thefts. There is a theft that... You could see it from a symbolical point of view or a spiritual point of view. And there's another kind of theft, which is a physical or material theft. In this passage we just read, we're analyzing theft that is symbolical or spiritual, referring to what the devil does in the midst of human beings. That's why the Lord Jesus Christ called him the thief, because he thie he steals the souls. He robs the souls. And that's especially because the wicked one is the one who, when he steals, when he steals the souls, when he snatches them away, the sheep, he wants to take away God's place. He wants to usurp God's place. That's why he is called the the robber that because he wants to go over and reach the path of God the place of God and he wants to steal the honor the praise that is rightly deserved to, to God and that is what verse number one states also aside from what we just read verse number one states John 10, more shortly I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. So he, that is the devil who is looking to see how he can take away from God the place that only belongs to the Lord, the, the, the place where human beings who have known the Most High want to place, praise him and bless him and sing to him and pray and glorify and want to read the Bible and they want to give their time to give themselves to God and seek him to set time aside to praise the Lord. And that makes the wicked one feel envy and anger because he is greedy because he wants that place of being worshipped and that's why he wants to Steal the sword like a like a, a prowling lion to take them away from path of God, and that he wants to confuse them, he wants to separate them, to may lead them astray, that they those souls do not praise God, and that that's the way he steals them. That's why he takes them away from the sheepfold, which are the sheep that follow the Lord, because the sheep hear the voice of the Lord. The Bible states, "My sheep, he will hear my voice." And I know them and they will know me, 
but the wicked one comes to snatch them away, to steal them away, to steal the soul because he wants to destroy, because he wants to kill the soul. That's why verse number 10 that we read states the thief, and that is the title of the, the title of the devil. He is a thief, does not come except to steal because he steals the souls. And aside from that, he kills them because by stealing them, by make, leading them astray, by taking them away from the path of God, from the sin. Sincere, sincere fidelity to God from the worshiping of God, he kills them. And aside from that, as also verse 10 states, he destroys them. And that is what the wicked one wants. That's why we should be very aware of this and understand that we cannot give entry to the enemy to come and steal our souls, to snatch them away, to take us out of the sheepfold. The wicked one uses many methods. The wicked one uses traditions. The wicked one uses, there are many people who with them, with traditions, they began to go away from God, cultures. There are many people that because of their culture, they, they stay away from God and the devil, the devil steals them away. He takes them away from the sheepfold. And also with celebrations, with life circumstances, with problems, with trials and tribulations come the moments of anguish. The wicked one takes advantage and he steals them away or believes, religious beliefs or idolatry. That's why the Bible stops and in the Old Testament and also here in the New One, as we just read, to analyze that theft, which is symbolic. The theft of souls. Here also in verse number 12, he said, it's, he said, but a hireling, he who is not the shepherd, one who does not own a sheep, speaking about false prophets, speaking about false teachers, speaking about the Pharisees, speaking of those false pastors and referring in a great deal to the past, the shepherd of the ancient people of Israel, they didn't protect the sheep from the wolf that was coming to snatch them away, but rather they just stayed there, not doing anything, and they didn't teach those souls, and they nor did they set a good example to them. And so the wicked one was coming, as it states, he sees the wolf coming. Why is it talking about the wolf? Because the wolf steals, and they steal away, which and. They are prey animal because they come to steal those those sheep away. And so it is something that's very interesting and beautiful because you could also use the spiritual, this in your spiritual life when with the doctrine you understand that if you are going to turn, go astray, you must say, no, I'm not going to let, I'm not going to let the, the devil come and take away my soul or steal my soul. I'm not going to let him that happen because you imagine him as a as a you know thieve, a wolf prey of prey that wants to take you from a sheepfold and make you go astray and take us away from the Lord. When, for example, you feel that you have no desire to praise God, then you should you don't want to read the Bible, nor do you want to sing to the Lord. You want to, you don't want to congregate, and so you you say the devil is stealing my soul. He's taking me away. 
So you react and say, I'm not going to let this ravenous wolf come and take me away. Or for instance, if you have a family member who's telling you, no, you have to pra practice our tradition. You have to do what we do. You have to, you know, follow idolatry. Otherwise, we're going to take away from you benefits we give you from that you receive from a family or participation or perhaps shares in the, in the company. No, you, the wicked one is coming to steal my soul away. And I'm not going to... Let the wicked one come and steal my soul because that is the situation spiritually situ that we live, that he is a thief who comes to steal, to take our eternal life, not only to steal and our soul, our spiritual life, our peace, our happiness. He steals our joy. He takes away temptations as well. And so you say the devil now is coming here to steal away my spiritual blessings. So many promises God has made. I'm going to receive the spiritual gifts that I'm going to serve the Lord, that I'm going to have peace, that I'm going to have joy. Now the devil is coming here and putting this temptation in front of me for me to fall. And one once I do, once I commit sin, then the wicked one is happy because he's already stolen my soul. He's already stolen my blessings, my spiritual blessings, my peace. Because when a person sins, immediately he loses peace. He has no tranquility, no ease. And the person immediately has a lack of, feel, uh, of peace, feels bad because he failed God. He offended God. And in addition, the per he will accuse us with God and by when he accuses us we are not going to receive material blessings meaning he also stole away our material blessings that's what the devil does just as he is a liar he is as we taught a week ago that he, the, the devil is a liar he is also a thief and he steals the souls and that's why the Bible states here that talking about the wolf he sees in verse 12 it states, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and the sheep and flee. And the wolf, the wolf, the ravenous wolf catches the sheep. And that's why the devil, the apostle Paul said, when I am no longer here, after my departure, ravenous wolves will come and they will not forgive the sheepfold, but they are going to make the sheep go astray. And that was the concern of the apostle Paul. And he knew that that's the way the devil works because the Lord Jesus Christ also taught it here. He said it here in a very clear way. And he represented it with a wolf saying that the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them, meaning he leads them astray. He takes them away from the path of God. Along these lines, in the gospel according to Luke chapter 11, talks about the, about the birds of prey. These are words that the Bible uses to talk about, in, about theft. In Luke chapter 39, chapter 11, rather, verse 11, verse 39, it talks about in verse 39, but the Lord, then the Lord said to him, Luke 11, now you Pharisees make the outside of the cup and the dish clean, but your inward part is full of greed or eager grasping or robbery. When it's taught, when the, when it's saying greed, it, it, it means the ravenous wolf, the one that steals away the thief, the devil, who is a ravenous, like the birds of prey, for instance, when they have the opportunity to launch against a prey or eat and steal the, pre the prey and steal it away for themselves. That's the same situation that happens at that time with the Pharisees who 
pretended with a great deal of hypocrisy. We've already talked about hypocrisy, that it is to pretend. They pretended to be very dedicated to God, but in their hearts, they only had, you know, they wanted to, only wanted to steal. They only wanted to take many material things to themselves, but also with their false teachings and their false doctrines and with their traditions and with their lack of the willingness to please God, their lack of uh, sincerity. They taught whatever suited them, but they didn't do the will, the will of God. And so they were living hypocrisy, in the hypocrisy. And at the same time, they were setting a bad example for the souls and leading them astray with false teachings with false doctrines, with false traditions, and with these teachings or commandments of man. And that way, they would separate these people from God and they would steal their souls. And that's why he is saying here, talking about greedy, greed and wickedness. So be very careful whenever someone comes to teach you about traditions and they start to teach you, no, that the culture, that's what people claim. No, it's all about what God teaches. It's all about what is written in the Bible. It is what the Holy Spirit has taught us. That That's why you, as we have seen, do not should not let anything be removed from the Bible. It's all about what the Bible says. The Bible is clear. The Bible teaches it. That therefore, you, are, you should not turn away or go astray from the path. Oh, now the time of the holidays, December is coming and we have to follow traditions. And so I am going to follow those teachings. No, even if there are people who apparently know a lot about God or they come from other religions and they talk to you about the Bible and they may even show you in the Bible and interpret the Bible to their own accord, their own volition. No, you've come and you've received a knowledge and teachings and we've learned a great deal. Always, especially during these times with our sister Mary Luisa and her and her teachings, we have many spiritual tools for us to do this. And the Lord will see you whether you let it steal your spiritual life away, if you let it come and snatch that which you already have in your heart that God has already given you, that knowledge and those teachings. So we're also going to read Zechariah, no, Matthew chapter number 7. Matthew chapter 7, it teaches us that in addition, the that from the, in addition to the Pharisees, there were also false prophets who would even work signs to deceive people and they address people as prophets of God when in reality they were, they were leading the souls astray and away from the Lord. So Matthew chapter 7 verse number 15 states, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. So that's the reality. You should not let appearances, you know, take you over. I have my family member. My family members read the read the Bible a lot because he has been a practicing religion for thirty years. So he's going to come and interpret the Bible in his own volition. No, I have my knowledge and I've already lived experiences. The Holy Spirit has already spoken to me. God has already heard my prayer. The Lord has heard, has made me promises. God has transformed me. That's why verse sixteen states, "You will know them by their fruits." 
I look at their fruits. I look at their testimony. I look at the transformation God has given me in, my, in life, the blessings that he has given my marriage. I have a beautiful marriage, my children, the union that we all have. Everything has changed. That's what I use to base. I don't use, I don't base everything in beautiful words or, or not even a miracle that seemed, allegedly someone worked. I only look at the fruits and that's what should guide us. And I, I use the Bible, what I've learned, what I've lived, because that's what the most beautiful thing we have in the church, that we live in our practical in our daily life God's answers and everything and we all prove it and when God teaches us all that he's with us and that he is certainly by our side and that he fulfills our promises promises and he lives glory to the Lord so we must have conviction and not let the devil come and, st and steal our soul away steal our souls and no we're not going to let him that spiritual theft happen in our lives and, and lest our happiness and joy and peace be stolen away and lest we lose because that's the point if he he steals everything we have all the blessings we have all that treasure and he leaves us without that wonderful blessing that god has offered us and know that that spiritually happens that that wolf is on the prowl to see how he can snatch you away to see how he can steal your blessings materially and spiritually and especially our souls and so it says that they are like sheep that's why we cannot be deceived we cannot be naive that we must always know the doctrine and based on the doctrine likewise we must step be steadfast and not let him steal the wicked one which since he is the thief the blessings of the lord and in zechariah the old testament chapter number five the lord also taught as he was reproaching the people of israel especially those who taught people back then something was happening which was theft but it was referring to the theft of spiritual lives and also false false oaths. And he was condemning, condemning the rulers of the time here in Zechariah, chapter number five, verse number three. The Bible states, Zechariah five, verse three. Then he said to me, this is the curse. At the end of the Bible, uh, in the uh, Old Testament, this is the curse that goes out over the face of the whole earth. Every thief, that's what he's talking about. But he's talking about the one who, who steals souls. He's talking about the devil, who was the one who spoke the Lord Jesus Christ, the good shepherd. There was a theft. There who a robber that was on the prowl and that those were the Pharisees that were filled with greed and wickedness and the false prophets that were ravenous wolves, the same ones the Apostle Paul mentioned. Therefore, brothers and sisters, it is written in the Bible in many verses, and we should be careful with our spiritual life. We should not be neglected. And if you feel as though you are faltering spiritually, you don't want to praise, that you don't, I, I want to do that, that you don't, I really want to make up, emphasize that, that you don't want to praise God, that you don't no, no longer want to listen to the reflections, you don't want to watch Bible studies, you don't want to get, give that time to the Lord, you don't want to praise God, you don't want to pray, you, you don't want, that it is because the devil is stealing your spiritual life away. Be very careful. Do not let him steal your spiritual life away. Don't let the devil snatch away all the blessings the Lord is giving you. 
As our sister Maria Luisa taught us, if you feel like you don't want to do anything and that you don't feel like doing anything, you don't want to praise God, kneel down and say to the Lord, Lord, I don't want to praise you. I don't want to sing your name. I don't want to pray. I don't want to read the Bible. I don't feel inside of me to watch the live streams. I don't feel like doing that. Please help me. You are my rock. I trust you and I await in you. If you want I add, I already know based on the Bible that the devil is a thief and he is snatching away, stealing away my spiritual life because that's how I feel. I see that ravenous wolf is stealing all my blessings, spiritual blessings, as he's stealing me away, stealing all those spiritual blessings from me. I don't want to feel robbed. That feeling of being of, that you were robbed, like we were saying when someone lies to you, that is a really unpleasant feeling. It's a humiliating feeling. I, rem I remember that when I was a child, someone stole, stole from me. I had fruits in my hand and someone stole them away. And I still remember that. When I was robbed, you feel humiliated when someone steals from you. So if you think spiritually that we are all filled with promises and blessings, how many blessings had God promised us? I believe that the most humiliating thing and saddest thing is to feel that the devil is stealing away from you all that, especially your eternal life. Because... Even if we have, you know, limited resources or even if people don't have a great financial income or whatever the case may be, that doesn't mean that they're poor. Poor, perhaps financially speaking, but they are spiritually wealthy. So that, because God has made us great promises for we have that we have eternal life and allow the devil then to come and steal the spiritual things away from us. That is something absolutely terrible and astonishing that you should feel that you are wealthy, spiritually rich. God will never forsake us materially. He will also for provide for you. But the spiritual wealth, we should not let the devil come and, and steal it away because that is what he does. And his happiness boils down to stealing the place from God, that place of worship that belongs to God. Just imagine for a second that the devil wants you not to praise God. That's his greatest satisfaction. The greatest happiness of the devil, who is the thief and he steals, is that you don't worship God, is that you stop worshiping God, that you don't praise the Lord. Think about that for a second. And if you are no longer doing it, how sad, how sad that the devil is laughing at you. The devil is happy. And you just think about that and say, I'm not going to please him. I am not going to please him, him, him coming and stealing my soul away. I am not going to please him whatsoever. I'm going to ask God to, to give that with the devil stealing away from me, to give that back to me, which is the greatest blessing of feeling love for God, to praise him, feeling admiration and gratitude and reverence and worshiping that he deserves, that belongs to him. That's why he was reproaching them here, that they were stealing, they were stealing the souls. At verse 3 states, they, they said to me, this is the curse that goes over the face of the earth, whole earth, the punishment of God. Every thief shall be expelled according to the side of the scroll. Uh, and every perjurer shall be spelled according to that other side, meaning false oaths, which is what we were talking about 
when we talked about lies that today we should no longer swear, but we should be men of our words. And you read, you you see passages in the Bible talking about thefts and lies, and that all destroys, and everything is correlated because the devil also lies to us very much to steal our soul. So we must feel that this is the way it is and not fall in those traps that he gives us. Now we are going to read passages in the Bible that have to do with physical theft. And to that end, we are going to go from the book of Exodus, the way the Bible teaches us. It teaches us since Exodus, dating back to Exodus, about the commandments. Exodus 20 has the commandments, but they're not only 10, there are more. And if you read Leviticus, you will also find that they, they're not only 10, but 100, 200, 300 commandments. And among those first commandments the Lord gave to Moses, we find, we find them in Exodus 20. Here in verse 15, we find one where he said, you shall not steal. Meaning, since the very beginning, the Lord was teaching them that and he prohibited, forbade them to steal and to snatch things away. He forbade them to commit those actions. And the Bible has several synonyms for theft. Words that, were, words that we will read later on. The words such as robbery or robbery theft. There are in many ways the word the, the the words the Lord used to talk about theft. Theft, first, the most terrible one it is, the spiritual theft of the one of our souls. And then the material theft as well. And he was teaching them that they could not steal. In fact, Exodus 20, as, as we said, Exodus 22 also, he then starts to give them a whole host of rules. Today, we no longer have that. It, it wouldn't apply. However, today, at any rate, I believe the greatest shame for a thief is to be discovered. As they say, as it states in Proverbs, that the, the, the shame of a thief when he has discovered something you cannot describe. Because it is something absolutely shameful for a man uh, to be uh, caught stealing from someone. And so back then, they used to use many laws that had to do with repaying two, three, four times what they had stolen. In fact, Proverbs says that they will pay up to seven times. That was an expression that, that that's the way it applied today. Today, we use human law and which is jail or what the con or what each country establishes in the in their law and also the person has to ask forgiveness uh for, for the lord for forgiveness and repent obviously in the sight of the lord but also with their neighbor meaning this is truly something that is absolutely shameful and what were the measures that they used to take back then? Exodus 22, verse 1. If a man steals an ox or a sheep and slaughters it or sells, meaning they sold it and then they slaughtered uh, or sold it or sold it, for instance, the sheep, for he shall restore five oxen and for, uh, for an ox and four sheep for a sheep. So they had to replenish what they had stolen. So if, it, if they stole one sheep, they had to go give back four. If one ox, then five oxen, and that's the way they punished them. 
Verse 2, if the thief is found breaking in and if he struck so that he dies, imagine that. That shall there shall be no guilt for his bloodshed, meaning if the person is really going at great lengths and great risks, because back then the whoever tried to steal, and if they did trying, if they died trying, the other the, that person exposed himself. So if it was during the day, it would be different. But that's the way they applied it. Yes, back then, not today, but today though we do have laws that talk about this. So they also let people defend themselves at a certain point. And so it is something that causes, that brings risks to people. And truly, you really wouldn't want someone to be in the church to do that. Verse number four. If the theft is certainly found alive in his hand, whether it is an ox or a donkey or a sheep, he shall restore double. So those were the laws that were applied back then. Now in the New Testament, though, the apostle Paul told him, how would you steal? You should work. The fact that you don't have a job, that you're poor, is not an excuse for you to steal from other people and for you to take from other people. That's prohibit, forbidden. Everyone should work. Everyone must work. Everyone must try to make efforts and find their own income, but not take away from anybody else. And Ephesians chapter 4 verse number 28 teaches us this. The Bible states, let him who stole no longer, stole, steal no longer, rather, but repent. If someone comes to the church, then that, that's it. No more. People who have come to the church who have stolen and the Holy Spirit has told them in prophecy, repent and do not commit that sin again. Do not take anything from anyone else. And so there are people who make excuses and say, well, I don't have anything to eat. I'm poor. No, that is a sin in the sight of God. Pray to the Lord so God gives you a job. And God will give you a job. Just say to the Lord, Lord, I don't have money to eat, but I'm not going to, fa to fail you because that's the teaching. Not take away anything from anyone, not steal. So I ask you to please give me a job, Lord. Look at what the Bible states here. You can also pray like this. Look at what the Bible says. Let him who, steals, stole, who stole steal no longer. But, but how could I if I don't have a job? Please give me a job because I, don't, I want to put the Bible into practice. You can also pray to God using the Bible passages. Lay, uh, lay, let him labor working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. That is what, what, it, what uh, the New Testament teaches us. Work. Don't take away anything from anyone. And then Proverbs chapter number 6 teaches us about the consequences of theft that are very similar to the ones we were reading earlier in Exodus Chapter 6, the book of Proverbs actually has several verses that talk about theft. And Proverbs chapter 6, verse number 30 states, People do not despise a thief if he steals to satisfy himself when he is hungry. Meaning if he is hungry, it is still a sin that is serious, that it, that it is not taken lightly. But... Yet, when he is found, meaning implying if he was found or caught, not only does he lose all blessings from God, whoever the steals him physically, they're also falling into the hands of the devil because the devil is inducing them and tempting them to take away from everyone else their properties. And financially speaking, physically speaking, he, is all, he will also have serious problems with 
with the law enforcement, their bosses are going to lose their job, is going to go to, go to jail. And also, as it states here, yet when he is found, he must restore sevenfold. He, mu he, he may he have to give up all the substance of his house. So spiritually, the person is losing his spiritual life. The devil state is stealing his spiritual life because the devil's bringing him into a shameful kind of a sin. The one that takes you away from God. And also, the person loses material life if it's uh, surprised also if they're taking... They restore seven times today. They're taking to jail. He will make it have to give up all substance of his house, so he will lose everything. So that's the way the Bible analyzes it in the Book of Proverbs. And practically speaking, in our daily life, this is very sad, truly, to have someone, to know someone who is a thief or a businessman. To have a brother of the church, a brother of the church who owns a business perhaps, and then finds out someone who's stealing from him. That is truly something sad and very sorrowful. And it's something that makes you know the person and the person loses everything. So I want to share a testimony that I thought was very beautiful. A brother who came here to Bogota when he was going through a very financial situation that, that was rough, but he didn't steal. He started to look for a job and God gave him one and he started to work at a company that stores all things uh, that pertain to uh, kitchen utensils and pots and all the cutlery and uh, plates. It's a big company and they have warehouses that are large where they keep all these products. And there are also products that that are individually packaged that, that they sell individually. So you have the, the, the knives and the spoons. So they sell them individually or they also sell them in, in retail. And so they send them there. He started working working there and the company they would find many of their co-workers as, as they were coming out of their work their shift that they were carrying knives or or spoons and they they, they they discovered them because they have scanners and they have machines where they were able to detect that people were stealing from their boss and they would always get fired and this brother was always there but this brother who was so Honest, never imagined that his boss was going to test him and his boss one day tested him. They gave him uh, a bag and told him, take this money that's in the bag, take that to your boss. Those are six, uh, about $2,000 or so. So this brother brought this and when he gave the, the, the bag to the uh, to his boss. To, when he was about to give it, to hand it over, he said, here it is, boss. There are uh, $2,500. What do you mean? They told me that there were only $2,000. He said, no, I counted it, and it is $2,500. And he said, no, it's 2000 And the brother would answer, no, I have $2,500. So his boss received it and he was really pleased because he had tested him. 
in another uh, pocket, they said $500 just to test this employee to see if he would steal it because he wanted to check whether his this this boss this employee was honest or not. He had already saw it because he had never had any issues when he was go going out of the warehouse. He never taking anything. He never stole, and um, not even a single spoon. But he wanted to test him. So when they the boss tested him and he realized that truly he was honest and that he gave him what the, the money that it was and he didn't keep the five hundred dollars, you know, he didn't keep that that amount. What happened? You know, so what happened? This brother. One day he got a phone call from his from his boss and said, "Look." I just opened another warehouse where I'm going to also put all my merchandise. So I'm going to trust you that that warehouse for you to look after it for no one to steal from me. But in addition, I'm going to make get, make you the manager of my business and you're going to have a way to manage the business. So this is a blessing for this brother who is now he just purchased a house. And he's finishing uh, the, 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 because he has done so well. He's selling those products. His boss is happy with him. And God has given me many clients. And he has also taken all measures with his employees so no one steals. But look at how in, day, in our daily lives these things happen too. And the way God rewards and blesses people who are honest and they're not thieves. They're not stealing and they, they, they do not steal. So that's a practical example as to how God blesses honesty. And there's nothing more satisfactory in life for an employer, for a business owner, for a boss, than to have honest employees who don't steal from them. That is something that's truly wonderful because who don't say lies, who don't tell lies, who are not liars. So that is if you, as an employee, are not a liar, meaning you are honest. If you, as an employee, you are indeed honest, you don't steal. You don't steal from your boss. You don't steal from anyone. But especially when talking about a company, you're not, if you're going to be a blessed employee, employee, you will always have a job. You will always, they will always promote you and give you promotions. You will never lack a job. And... You and we must be, we must, must not be people who are always thinking about solving our problems, but you should think ahead as well. I need a job in the long run. I need stability. Uh, we, as years go on, we need a steady job. So we're going, let us be a good testimony because if, if I do that, I'm going to have a good job for my all my life. And if I have need, I ask, I pray to the Lord to help me, but I'm not going to steal. That's the point. So now we're going to read a, a, an example in Joshua, chapter number seven. Theft that happened and that cost the people of Israel losing a battle. God had promised Joshua that they were going to be victorious and defeat all the people that were in the land of Canaan. And Joshua was optimistic and trusted God, but turned out they went out to battle and lost. So the Lord said to, so Joshua said to the Lord, Lord, why did we lose? And so the Lord said, because there was one amongst you who stole. And I told you that you could not st steal things 
from other peoples who were pagan and idolaters. There was one of you from the people of Israel who took one cloth and he put it in also because there, he was greedy, this Babylonian garment. Because greed takes you to do those things. And because of his greed of wanting that, he didn't care about the people. And so he disobeyed that. And at the time, just for the sake of one who sinned, the, the whole nation were punished. Imagine that. Today, no. Today, if you sin, then that one person receives punishment for their own sin. Not, at all, not everyone. However, at that time, in this case... All the people of Israel were punished and because of theft. And it states here in Joshua chapter 7, Joshua said, This man, one man, disturbed us, Achan. And God said everything so that they could find out what, it, what happened. So Joshua chapter 7 verse 11 states, Israel had sinned, the Lord said to Joshua. And they have also transgressed my covenant, which I commanded them. Today, in the church, same thing. Today, this happens in the church. Where God reveals if someone steals something in the church or something like that, God has revealed who stole. So that's a teaching. That's a lesson of how serious this is. God himself this makes the, discovers people and he reveals who stole. So it is very serious. And it says, Israel sin for the and they have also transgressed my covenant which I commanded them, for they have even even taken some of the accursed things. And uh, be accursed on all the abominations that the people of Canaan used to do. And it was a Babylonian garment that was offered to false gods. So it says, and have both stolen, and have both stolen, the Lord said, and have both stolen, the Lord said, and deceived. So there you see lies are also there. They're sort of together. And they have also put it among their stuff. So they, they he had buried it. And then verse 21, Achan says, when I saw a Babylonian garment, it looked very beautiful. Plus 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold weighing 50 shekels. I see, He thought, ah, no one saw me and uh, I'm going to keep it. But people don't have fear of God, especially when you are dealing with a living God who shows proves that to us in the church. He has told thieves who, who have come to prophecy, don't take anything from anyone. And he told, tells them that to show them God lives, that God sees our actions. And a wedge of gold that weighed 50 shekels. I coveted, there it is. You know, covetousness. And took them. And they are, there they are, hidden in the earth in the midst of my tent. Also, we are going to read another example in Nahum chapter 3. The Old Testament, Nahum chapter 3. That is related to the people of Nineveh. The people of Nineveh sinned again god gave them a chance during the time of jonah and they sinned again and the lord was quite upset because of and of this and among the people the, the sins of these people were thieves and robbery nahum chapter 3 nahum you you can find it almost at the end of the old testament nahum Chapter 3, verse number 1 states, Woe to the bloody city, talking about Nineveh. 
It is a f all full of lies and robbery. Look at that. Lies and robbery. So robbery, as we had alluded, same thing as theft. Just as when you talk about birds of prey or ravenous wolves, that they are filled with their ravenous and they, they snatch things from, from other. And that comes from the wicked one too, who is on the prowl like a ravenous wolf to steal our souls and steal our blessings. It is victim never, its victim never departs. The noise of a whip and the noise of, so that there is, it is full of lies and robbery. That's what the Lord criticized them for, that they were full of lies and full of robbery and theft. We're also going to read Isaiah chapter number 61. Isaiah chapter 61 to see what the Bible teaches us about what was happening back then. Here, it uses the word robbery again. It's a word that alludes to theft, but it's the same thing. But here, what they were they were committing a very serious sin because they were stealing the sheep and stealing the cows and stealing the oxen to then take them to God and present those as sacrifice to God. You know that in the Old Testament, the sacrifices were done with animals. And they used to take those from the side of the Lord and they would burn them or fire and they would, they would take away the blood first. And that's how they obtained their forgiveness of sins. But they were taking to the presence of God stolen animals. So not only were they committing the sin of stealing, stealing animals, but in addition, they were stealing them to present them to God. There was no fear of God in them. There was no respect of God in them. That is what today many people do. They go kill another and then they pray to certain people and they ask those people to help them. They pray to those beings and they address them, just asking them to help them do a good job. So that's how serious it is. Same thing here. It's a complete hypocrisy. Isaiah 61, 8 states, For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery, meaning theft, for a burnt offering. They, they robbed, they stole to, to offer sacrifices to God. And, meaning there was absolute degradation. Everything was lost. I will direct their work in truth and I will make with them an everlasting covenant. Meaning... The Lord was already saying that they had to repent from all that and that he was going to give them a chance in the gospel because in the law of Moses, everything, they had reached those extremes where they lacked respect and lacked fear of God and lacked reverence of God and they dared do this, implying that God was a dead God that he didn't see, that he didn't speak, that he was a mute God, that he was a statue or just an image and that he couldn't say or do anything. But he was presenting a God who lived and was reproaching their behavior to see how far, how low they have fallen. And so we're also going to read now in the New Testament, a passage where in John 12, where 
we see Judas. We we had already we had read the, this before, and it's still useful because the Bible says that Judas was a thief. So Judas Iscariot, he was next to the Lord. He was a thief. So he carried the box where people presented their their um, their offerings, the money box, and the Lord talked about the situation here and we're going to read it in John 12 verse 6 he Ju, uh, Judas he was opposing the the woman who was uh, using fragrant oil of the Lord a fragrant oil and he said this was such a waste the fragrant oil should have been sold and given to the poor but it was very hypocrite because he didn't care about the poor the poor he only cared about getting that money for himself but if they sold that fragrant oil meaning the money that he was going to get for that the and because he took it that he was going to put it in his hand and he could steal it so that's what he wanted but you know from his mouth well, with his mouth and he was lying too he was saying no this is for the poor so that was the way he proceeded john john 12 verse 6 states this he said not that he cared for the poor but because he was a thief judas he was a thief and he had and had the money box and he used to take what was put in it and on another synonym is also as to steal and so that is what ananias and sapphira did they did that the bible says that they promised the apostles that they were going to sell a house and they were going to bring from that uh, a part of the of the price but when they brought their offering they didn't bring what they had sell and still they deceived and they only brought a portion and they stole and when they stole they robbed and that was theft with, uh, with as it pertains to the lord and the lord was upset and the lord told him you you lied to the holy spirit so how serious look at but there there's where you see the fear of god where the holy spirit truly manifest himself and he was manifesting himself then as he does today and everything's there very clear in the sight of god that's why it states in verse one uh, acts five but a certain man named ananias with it with sapphira his wife sold a possession and he kept back part of the proceeds he, um his wife also being aware of it and his wife instead of correcting him he did she didn't say anything because that can happen too meaning if the wife sees that a husband is making a mistake she should oppose him and said don't do that that's incorrect you're stealing you are stealing god will punish you that is a sin don't do it but if the woman stays if the wife stays silent she says she sins just as him out of omission so you can commit sin doing things actively or by omitting you you sin by action or omission by action by doing it by omission by being quiet and allowing it what you should do is don't do that that's wrong and then the person will save his responsibility whether the wife or the or the husband the other way around too if the wife stealing the husband should talk to her and correct her because if he finds out and, and and stays quiet he will sin out by omission and that it is as, as though he had done it that's what happened here so verse 2 states and he kept back part 
kept back part of the proceeds, his wife also being aware of it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet, and they stole. And so the punishment that was great came from the Lord. And it was something that was with God himself. That's why Malachi, the Lord, rebuked them very harshly in, in the last book of the Old Testament, chapter number 3. And he told them in verse number 8 that they were robbing him. The people were, were robbing God and the people were stealing from God because God was blessing them and he was giving them life. He was giving them good health. He was giving them a chance, chances to have their product, their produce and harvest. They had good health. God was protecting them from evil, from the work of the devil. And they were not taking the tithe of, to the Lord. And the Lord had said that the, his, the tithe should be taken. They were not complying with fulfilling that commandment. Because they didn't, the Lord called them robbers or, or thieves. And they were saying that he, they were robbing him. So look at how serious this is. Two, it is also a way to look at this teaching. And today, all of us, we should always try to think that. It's not about the amount God gives us, what matters. Whatever God gives us, still, we earned it because he gave it to us. And we should be content with what he gives us. And whether a little or a lot, we should think that God gave us our life. We have our health. We have strength to work. What if we were sick? What if we were bedridden? What if we didn't have, if we had a, a problem to work that prevented us from working, our mobility or didn't have our motion? our mental abilities, we have the ability to be able to do certain jobs. So we should think about all that, his protection, the fact that God is protecting us, how many, uh, how many dangers, so many diseases, so many situations that are difficult and ha that happen in the world and in life, but he is safe protecting us. He has given us everything we have him, he protects our prayers. That he hears our prayers, rather he is giving us privileges and opportunities in life. That he gives us life and to, to us and our families, to our children, to our, to our spouses, everything. We should think about so many blessings God gives us. How could we not think about the things of the Lord first and give him his things, the tithes, what he gives us, whether a little or a lot, but it is something with God. And if we don't do it, and if we do not have that gratitude with God, especially gratitude more than interest, because it's not that I'm going to give tithes just so God give me tenfold. No, it's out of love for God and gratitude. So you are robbing God and you're stealing from God. That's why he said here... What he said that we should do, you know, because God doesn't need money, sure, but he said that we should do it. So we do it for he said that we should do it. And that is a commandment that today is still current, because it is not a commandment that comes from the law of Moses. It is a commandment that comes from the time of Abraham, from the time of the age of conscience, and today the Holy Spirit confirms it. So we should be careful with that, because it could be that perhaps you are doing poorly in your spiritual life financially, because you have not given the Lord your tithe. And it doesn't matter how much it is. Whatever God gives you. The tenth part is for the Lord. But you give it with gratitude. Thinking about what we've talked about. Verse 8 states. Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say. In what way have we robbed you in tithes and offerings? The Lord told him. You are cursed with a curse. For you have robbed me. Even those whole nation. Look at how the Lord talked. Saying you have robbed me. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, and there may be food in my house. Of course, today, because we, the church, it needs uh, to operate, operation costs, and it needs all their administrative costs to function and to operate. 
So that also has a way of being. Back then the Lord said, may there be food in my house. And why? For the, the priests also ate because they were dedicated to the things of God and that's how they, their, their sustenance. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, for I will not open, if I will not open, for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will be not room enough to receive it. And lastly, let us read Ezekiel chapter 45. Ezekiel chapter 45, where the Lord talked to them about another theft. They were stealing, and this theft had to do with false ways. And there are people who can do, they have their business, and if they sell rice or if they sell grains or cereal or something, they can weigh a certain amount, but the uh, weight, the, the, the weight is, the scale is adulterated and they can change it and that way they can earn more money, but they're stealing from people and they're losing things with many points in their spiritual life in the sight of the Lord. They're stealing from other, but they're also the devil at the same time is stealing your spiritual away. So when you commit this sin, when you commit physical theft, you steal from people, but indirectly the devil or directly the devil is stealing from you your spiritual blessing. He's stealing your soul. He's stealing. He's corrupting you. He's stealing from you your fellowship with God. He is stealing your soul. So here, Ezekiel 45 verse 9 states, Thus says the Lord God, Enough, O princes of Israel, remove violence and plundering, meaning you execute justice and righteousness. When it's talking about plundering, it, it's theft. Plundering the same thing, theft, or when it's talking about ravenous, wolves, plunders, it all has, you know, theft, rob, it, it all stems the same thing. It says, you shall have honest scales, an honest ephah, and an honest path, meaning honest scales and balance. This is also applied today to another kind of theft, which is people who give who loan people money and they charge really high interests. If there's someone in the church who is doing that and you're loaning people money and you're charging very high interest, you're stealing from people. So we should be very careful with that because charging high interest is stealing from people. Because also when a person starts to charge high interests, that's a person who knows that the other person will not be able to pay back and that ultimately he was going to stake that the, going to take that person's property that's stealing so we must also beware of that sin that it is tied here one usury it's also related to theft may the lord help us very much that we may be careful in our spiritual lives in our in our material life as well and please the lord and be perfect in this sin may we not commit this sin but on the contrary, may we be people who are hard workers and honest, and that way God will always bless us. And God will always preserve our souls, which is the most important thing. May the devil, devil never steal our soul. Glory to the name of the Lord. Let us rise, and we're going to pray to finish off. Blessed Lord, we thank you with all our heart for your blessings, for your love, for your manifestation, and your glory. You are worshipped. You are beautiful and kind in our lives. You are everything. You are our joy. 
Great is the Lord. Glory to God. Bless it forever and ever. He is worshipped. You are beautiful, Lord. You are kind and you are good. And you, Lord, our heart, may our hearts be always for you. May our souls always have a desire to, to praise you because it all the honor, the glory belongs to you. May the devil never come to steal away from our, to steal that soul, to steal our fellowship with you and the desire to seek your face continuously. Oh, God of glory, bless your people, all those who are tuning in, tuning in at this moment, all your people who pray, who seek you, the those who are longstanding members, new to new or newcomers, set them free from evil spirits of illness from uh, infectious diseases and the virus, Lord, and any trap of the devil against our life that to make us lose stability and to hinder us and uh, make us not serve you, O God of glory, to prevent us from seeking you sincerely. O Lord, and not receive the, the spiritual things. May you also deliver us from witchcraft, sorcery, curses, dangers of death, and all kinds of perils that the wicked one may bring uh, against our lives. May all of that be removed, witchcraft, sorcery, curses, Lord. May you guide us, O Lord of glory. Always support us. Hear our prayers. Answer our pleas, O Lord. And also confirm your promises every day. May you give us a great deal of knowledge and understanding of your word that we may discover the devil and never be deceived and that we may never fall into the temptations of the wicked one lest we fall and not be seduced. O oh God of glory, with all the chances that a wicked one may bring on our path to steal from someone, May you, God, deliver us from evil, and may we always be perfect in your sight. O God of glory, bless the church, bless our sister Maria Luisa, bless your people and all around the world, and stay with us, support us always, Lord. We thank you, we love you with all our heart, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. Glory to God. We are going to sing, brothers and sisters, chorus number 127, Advocate with the Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory to your holy name forever and ever. Brothers and sisters, this was a great joy to spend this time with you. Big hug to you all. God bless you and keep you safe all. Blessed and praised is the name of the Lord.